0: The actual moment of dying and how it should be approached and dealt with. I think a lot about the moment of dying, my own, of course. I picture myself in a beautiful and rather picturesque bed, something I don't own at the moment, but I have time, I'll get around to it. My lovely wife, who will survive me, holding my feeble hand. My children at the foot of the beautiful bed looking at me tenderly and me looking fondly at them and saying softly, "Eh, Good heavens, what will I say? I've been so busy setting the scene, I haven't got around to thinking of anything to say. Aren't you coming? I... I can't. Why not? It's easy. right now but you'll love it here later maybe maybe later but when as soon as I'm finished here I guess but you are finished my friend don't you know that not quite not quite finished not quite yet Oh, but you are finished. <laughs> Our mystery drama, Death is So Trivial, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Tony Roberts and Christopher Tabori. should fear, seeing death a necessary end will come when it will come. Those words were written by William Shakespeare. The important line is the last one. Will come when it will come. Not when it is expected. Not when it is convenient. Not even when it is desired. No. Death will come when it will come which is the theme of our strange tale. There I was, walking to work as usual, taking deep breaths to expand my lungs, noting the time at regular intervals to be certain I'd arrive at the library on the top, waiting for every street-crossing light when... I was dead. suppose that sound was the last to come out of my mouth and nobody heard it but me. The next sound to reach my ears was so incredibly beautiful that I lay quietly in the street and listened. What else, after all, was there for me to do? There were voices, a marvelous blend of voices coming from far, far away. And I knew, I don't know how I knew, but I knew... ...that these were the voices of those who had died before me. And they were summoning me to join them in a place of eternal joy. I was about to do so. Indeed, I was anxious to do so, when suddenly... ...it had never happened to me before in all my twenty-four years... Suddenly, I became absolutely furious. Officer! Police! Somebody! Why isn't there ever a policeman around when you need him? I heard some young female screaming for a policeman, but I didn't care much. I, I, James Blake, was enjoying a sensation I had not felt since when. I can't remember when. It must have been many, many years before. Yet I had once felt it because it swept over me. I felt such a surge of health and strength and power that it was impossible for me to think of myself as dead, which is what I most certainly was, dead and furious that I was dead. I saw the whole thing. That man driving the car, that, that crazy man, I saw him. He was doing 60 miles an hour at the very least. He went right smack through the red light. He never slowed down, let alone stop. I, I think he was drunk. He must have been driving like that. One of those expensive sports cars. I, I think it was yellow. Yeah, yes, I'm positive it was yellow. Unfortunately, I didn't get the license number, and this poor man, he, he really is dead, isn't he? I, are you going to take him to the morgue? I listened with a sort of detached interest. The police questioned a few other people who had seen the accident that ended my life, and everyone said, yes, the light had been with me, I hadn't had a chance, the driver must have been drunk or stoned, etc., etc. It all seemed very unimportant, and I was completely absorbed in my own new sensation. Deep, implacable anger. Oh, what's the ambulance for? Oh, oh, you're going to take him to the city hospital? You think there's a chance? Oh, I hope so. But he, he certainly looks dead to me. Still, if there's any chance at all... I, I watched them. Uh, put my used-up body in the ambulance, and I knew everyone would do his duty. I didn't care. I knew I was dead. And I was furious. Oh, I certainly hope there's a chance for him. I do hope so. There I was. Somewhere between heaven and earth, without even my body to hold me in place. Then, as the choir dimmed, one small voice, one sweet, small voice, separated itself from all the others and spoke to me. What's the matter, Jane? What? Who? Huh? You speaking to me? Of course. Aren't you going to join us? I... Uh, I can't. But you'll love it, here. M- maybe later. Later, maybe. When, James? Soon as I'm finished here, I guess. But you are finished. You know that. But not quite. Not quite finished. Not quite yet. Well, of course. If you want to stay in Limbo forever. Is that where I am? In Limbo? Well, you're not with the dead. And you're not with the living. What would you call it? Am I a ghost? Of course not. You have to be properly dead before you can be a ghost. I don't know what you are, really. However... If that's the way you want it. Don't go away. Oh, please, don't go away. What do you want me to do? I don't want to live in Limbo. Couldn't you sort of stick around a while? What for? I need someone to talk to right now. (laughs) You're a funny one, you are. Uh, What's so funny about me? Most people in your situation, which I might remind you is scarcely unique, can't wait to join us. You keep hanging back. For some reason, I can't fathom. them. I, I, I want to join you. Especially now that you and I have met. Well, sort of met. Why don't we really meet? Why not, James? You seem to know my name, but I don't know yours. We don't bother much with names here. When I was alive, they called me Cynthia. What a beautiful name. Cynthia, I do want to join you. Then why don't you? Because I'm so angry. Uh, I don't want you to see me for the first time all, all riled up like this. I'm not like this, really. Never have been. Well, if you want to stay in limbo indefinitely... Cynthia, how can I explain it to you so you'll understand? It's the senselessness. The pure, utter idiocy of it. I don't know why, but suddenly I can't stand it. I suppose because it happened to me. I know people have to die, but, but not so trivially. Not because somebody ran through a red light. Not for that. It's been known to happen. Oh, Cynthia, I never thought it would happen to me to die in such a stupid, senseless way. How did you think it would happen? I don't know. But all my life, I've been so sensible. Sensible above everything else. Never caused trouble, never got mixed up in anything. Never made way. Now, you do understand. Of course I do. And now... Well, I may not have had much of a life as I look back on it. It wasn't much, but it could have changed. And anyway, damn it, it was mine. And no boozed-up bonehead had the right to snatch it away from me. I'm so mad I could spit. Oh, Jane. Cynthia, you may not believe this, but right this second, I feel more alive than I ever did while I was living. I believe you. There must be other people, people right here in this town who are going to die for no reason at all, just by accident. Cynthia, I can't leave this earth till I stop all these ridiculous deaths. All of them? All of them. I'm going to dedicate my entire afterlife to it. I shall not have died in vain. (laughs) Medical examiner's office, Dr. Crowley. Crowley, this is Dr. Hatch. Glad you're there. I came in early. First day on the job, you know. Yes, I know. And that's why I hate to tell you, but uh, you may have to go it alone. Uh, You said alone? Alone. You're, you're not coming in? Well, my uh, wife's not well. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, there may be nothing serious. But on the other hand, uh, you'll be able to manage, won't you? Oh, uh, I think so. Nobody's been brought in yet. Uh-oh. Hope too soon. Looks like a dead one to me. Put him on the table, boys, and let me have the report. Run over by an automobile, Dr. Hatch. Looks like a dead one to me. Well, you know the procedure, Dr. Crowley. Just forge ahead. Yes, sir, I will. I'll be in as soon as I feel. I can leave my wife. Oh, uh, Dr. Hatch. Yes? Yes, what is it? Maybe this one isn't dead after all. I can't see any signs of respiration, but on the other hand, he looks... He looks... Looks how? He looks so angry, Doctor. i better get to him right away. I never saw anybody look so angry. You must be alive. Nobody could be dead and look so... So enraged. How do you intend to start, James, on your afterlife's work? Well, I haven't quite figured that out. This is all very new to me, you understand. I see a dog trotting along Highway 82. Are you interested in dogs? Anybody. Anything. Where on the highway? You're just getting to the intersection. Jackson Boulevard. That's a terrible intersection. Nobody stops for anybody. I know. Marvelous how you can get around when you've got no body, isn't it? See him? Little white dog, curly tail. Oh, silly little thing. And see that big blue station wagon? It's going to hit him. No, I've got him. Got him, Cynthia. I've saved him. He'll probably get run over anyhow one of these days. No, he won't. No, he won't. I'm going to keep my eye on him. What about all the others? Them, too. And cats and people and everybody. Oh, Cynthia, why did it take me so long to find out what I was born to do? I could have spent my whole life doing this. Cynthia, my afterlife is going to be a hundred times more exciting than my life ever was. I don't understand you at all, my friend. Your facial muscles should be completely relaxed. Come in. Oh. Oh, I I know I'm not supposed to be here. No, you're certainly not supposed to be here. Yes, but I I saw the accident and I was interested. The the officer said they'd bring him here. Is is that him? Look, you can't come in here. I I just want to know if there's any hope. Uh, May I, please? There's no hope. Yes. That's him. He's dead. Oh, my gosh. What is it? What's... He's moved. He's moved. I didn't see him move. No, I mean when you knocked at the door. Oh. I was trying to find his pulse. There wasn't any. His arms were straight down at his side. Now look at them. Oh, God, his chest, like... like he was hugging something carrying something. This man can't be dead. He can't be. I had always thought that at the moment of dying, the soul separated itself from the body and went its own way, while the body stayed behind to be finally disposed of with some degree of circumspection at uh, greater or lesser expense. What if a particular soul is too stubborn to leave the body it has inhabited for so long? Too stubborn and too angry. I'll be back shortly with that too. Our hero, James Blake, appears to be leading a double life in spite of the fact that he is dead. His spirit is floating in the ether between heaven and earth, pausing only long enough to save some innocent from accidental demise, while his body lies on a slab at the city hospital, watched with both horror and fascination by a nervous intern and a young girl. He doesn't look mad anymore. Mad? When they first brought him in, he had such a look on his face. You wouldn't believe a person could look so... so angry. As though somebody had played a dirty trick on him, and he wanted to get even. Well, uh, a man who's just been run over. A dead man? You're positive he's dead? His heart isn't beating. He isn't breathing. Well, couldn't he be in a... a, 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 a watch him, across? Coma? Yeah. Maybe. Or a shock. Even so, there ought to be some sign of life. Even if it's very faint. Well, so there's got to be some reason why he's got his arms across his chest like that. And his hands. I mean, his fingers are bent like... Like he was, uh, I don't know. Like, like he was sort of cradling something, like, like he was carrying a baby. Excuse me. Oh, sure. <laughs> Medical examiner, Dr. Crowley. Dr. Hatch here, Crowley. How's everything? Well, all right. I, I guess only Dr. Hatch, the man that was brought in just a little while ago, James Blake, hit and run victim. What about him? There's no vital signs, Dr. Hatch. None that I can find, anyway. But there's something... I can't figure it out. He was stretched out on the table, and I was looking for a pulse beat. Both his hands were to sides, and... Well, I just left for a few seconds. There was someone at the door. And when... when we... when I got back to him, his arms had moved up to his chest. His elbows were bent. Reflex action, Crowley. Pure reflex. It happened. If you say so, Doctor. Uh, look, I'll uh, try to get in. My wife's still running a fever, but I'll uh, do my best. If you would, sir. Uh, but you can manage, can't you? I'll, I'll try, Dr. Hatch. Do I. so long. So long, Dr. Hatch. <coughs> he says reflex action. I guess that's why he doesn't look angry anymore, too. Reflex action? It- in his face? There are muscles in the face, you know, plenty of them, plenty, believe me. Oh, well, Dr. Crowley, I know you're upset. I'm... I'll be all right. I'll, I'll manage. Uh, look, uh, while you were on the phone, uh, something happened. What? Well, what, 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 what happened now? His arm moved. Again? Let me see. Now they're stretched out. Out to the side. Out to the side, like like he was flying. Oh, floating. Like a free fall with a parachute. Oh, gliding, I... I think his arms are moving a little, sort of, sort of waving. No, no, they're not. No, they're not moving. Oh? It's not possible for his arms to be moving or waving or anything. Look, Dr. Hatch is going to try to come in. Oh. He said so. He might get her any minute. Meantime, I'll manage. Somehow, I'll manage. here. Cynthia? Cynthia? Where are you? Oh, I'm having such a good time. i have been around so fast. It's marvelous. Oh, the things I have seen. The things I have done. Cynthia, where are you? I've got so much to tell you. I'm here. I'm here, darling. Cynthia, there was a lady at a dinner party, and they were having lamb chops. Little tiny lamb chops. And she said, oh, my, what a treat and how delicious. And she picked one up in her fingers and she started, Cynthia, it went down the wrong way into her esophagus. And she was choking. And the other people pounded her on the back and she was turning blue. And I just reached in and pulled out the lamb chop. And she's all right. She was on the point of dying. But now she's all right. That's very nice, Jane. And uh, let me tell you about the holdup. The one in the bar? You saw it? I'm not sure I saw the same one. Well, this one was in a cheap little bar. Uh, this man came in with a gun. He started waving it around like a crazy man, and like, thought oh, somebody's going to get killed for sure. So I went to the police box on the corner, and I turned an alarm, and, and sure enough, uh, well... Uh, when the hold-up man heard the police siren, he ran out of the bar so fast... So nobody got hurt. Oh, wait, wait. I, I haven't finished telling you. Uh, the hold-up man ran down the street, see? And uh, with the police after him, and he turned into an apartment building and started running up the stairs. I guess he was, he was trying to get to the roof. So I followed him. Of course, it was easy for me. So when he got to, uh, oh, about the court floor, I guess, all of a sudden, a uh, door opened. Door to one of the apartments. What's going on here? Well, uh, the whole holdup man swiveled around and he had his gun in his hand and he pointed it right at this man standing in the doorway. <laughs> I slammed the door so fast, Cynthia, just in time. That was very nice, James. And and then there was this uh, woman who got up in the middle of the night to take some medicine and she went into the bathroom and she didn't turn on the light. Oh, I have done that so many times. It's a one. Well, anyway. She took the wrong medicine out of the medicine chest. The wrong bottle. A bottle full of something that would have killed her. Course, I, I knocked that out of her hand. She thought she was just clumsy. But she did turn on the light. And and then, well, imagine how she felt. I can imagine. And uh, imagine how I felt. James, listen. I haven't given you a chance to say anything, have I? It's just that I am having such a wonderful time, leading such a wonderful life. What what did you want to say, Cynthia? I said, listen. I am listening. Can't you hear it? Yeah, hear what? That jetliner is in trouble, James. I hear it. I hear it. Two hundred and fifty-eight people on that jetliner. I see it. I see it. I'm I'm coming. Wait, wait for me. I'll get there. Oh, I wish I knew more about airplanes a library once. I read a book. I, I, I can't remember exactly what it said. You'll remember. I, I don't know. we will think of something. I guess. I'll think of something. Uh, wait for me. Wait for me. I'll think of something. I will. I will. I'll get there in time. Dr. Crowley, his fingers have been behaving very... Peculiarly. I know. I know. First he crooked one finger, and then he saw... I know. I know all about it. I was standing there, too, you know. I saw it all. Uh, uh, are those all reflex actions? They've got to be. Haven't they? I, I, I guess they do. I mean, what what else? He'll, look now. Look at his fingers. Why, they're moving like mad. Dr. Crowley, that, that's an awful lot of reflex action. Maybe that's Dr. Hatch I hope so Hello Hello Crowley Dr. Hatch Is you Crowley? Me Yes Are you alright? I'm alright Dr. Hatch Well my wife's feeling better Temperature's down Oh that's good That's fine I'm so glad Well I'll be leaving the house Pretty soon uh, Are you managing Alright Crowley? Managing Oh In a way I, I, I mean I'm managing But I'll be glad When you get here Dr. Hatch Well, I'll be there in a little while. Thank you, Dr. Hatch. Dr. Hatch will be here any minute. Everything will be all right. I hope this is right, what I'm doing. It's bound to be, James. I hope. What's this little gadget? you said Cynthia? 258. My goodness that's my best score yet. I think there's a war starting. A what? A war. Lots of uniforms, guns. Looks like mobilization. Cynthia I can't handle a war. Lots of people are going to get killed James. I know but. All by accident. I suppose that's true. It is true. But to save everybody from getting killed in a war? Cynthia, I'm only one... one spirit. I'm all by myself in this thing. Oh, well, maybe there won't be a war. I, I just couldn't handle it by myself. Maybe it won't happen. If I just had some help. Well, if you did, maybe you could save all the people who were starving. Starving? You said? You mean starving. Starving to death. Millions of them. But I... I can't. Why are they starving? Well, maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's, you know, too much food in one place, not enough in another. I don't know, James. I can't change the weather. I can't take food from one place and put it in another place. Cynthia, I'm all alone. Then come join us, Jane. I can't. Not just yet, Sylvia. I can't. Not yet. I got a different stethoscope. I thought maybe the other but one... He, he's quiet now. There's no heartbeat. None at all. It wasn't the stethoscope. Oh, he... He's really dead, all right. You know, for a minute I thought it was me. Thought I was losing my hearing. When I couldn't find any pulse, I thought, well, maybe I've gone numb. Some fright or nervousness or something. Uh, are you still nervous? Well, not as nervous as I was. Now that he's stopped all that, uh, that you know... A reflex action. Well, he's, he's very quiet. <laughs> very, very quiet. After all, he's dead. Yes, I, I, I suppose he is. You suppose? He is dead. Oh, I know that, but... But what? What? Uh, what are you staring at? His face. What about his face? Oh, look at it. He looks very... very peaceful. Just like the way he's supposed to look. The way all dead people are supposed to look. I know, but... Look closer. Look at his eyes. Did, did you ever see a dead person was crying? I've never seen a corpse who cried. Still, why shouldn't the realization that all things are swallowed up in death be a cause for tears? But how many corpses cry, if cry they do, for their own death? And how many cry for the deaths of others? cry that they cannot save them all from being swallowed up. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. We left the body of our hero, James Blake, age 24, lying prone on a table in the headquarters of the medical examiner's office at the city hospital while the spirit of that same James Blake floated through the great spaces between this world and the next, bound on a great mission to rescue all those destined to die as he had died by sheer accident. He hasn't moved for quite a while. And he isn't crying anymore, Dr. Crowley. Do you... do you think I ought to... uh, to wipe his eyes? A couple of tears left. Do you want me to? No, no, I'll do it. After all, I'm the attending physician... How am I going to explain? Uh, maybe you won't have to explain anything. He, he's very quiet. I wouldn't know how. I wouldn't know what to say. Dr. Hatch could i get freaked out? Look, oh, why don't you go get a drink? It might help. A drink? I'm on duty. Well, uh, well, at least go get yourself a cup of coffee. I think it would do you good to get out of here for a few minutes. Well, what if Dr. Hatchard... Oh, well, I'll tell him something. What could you possibly tell him? Uh, who uh, who would you say you are? Well, I, I'll say I'm your... Your fiancé. Oh, oh, by the way, my, my name is, is Daisy. My name's Fred. Well, go on, Fred. Go get yourself some coffee. You need it. Oh, well, I'll be right down the hall. The nurse's station. There's a coffee machine. Call me if uh, if he does anything. I will. Don't worry. I know he's dead. I'm positive of that. But, well, you know... I know... Well, run along. I really appreciate this, Daisy. That's all right, Fred. Why were you crying? Mr. James Blake, what made you so unhappy? First you looked angry, and then you looked almost pleased. And then you cried, followed you here. I was the one who called the police, and they called the ambulance. I I never saw you when you were alive, but I've seen you almost constantly since the moment you died. Oh, please tell me why you were angry. Tell me why you were pleased. Tell me why you cried. Oh, please tell me, Mr. Blake. Oh, oh I, I, I better answer. Uh, uh, yes? You wish to speak to? Dr. Crowley, this is... Dr. Hack. Oh oh yes, Dr. Hack. Well, uh, Dr. Crowley had to step out for a minute. He'll be right back. He said to tell you if you called or or if you came in. Tell him I'll uh I'm just about to leave the house and I'll be there about ten or fifteen minutes. Oh, I'll tell him. Uh, Oh, please, James Blake. Are you ready to join us? Uh, I don't think so. Not yet. You'll like it here. I still like it here. Sort of. Did I tell you about the stick up at the bank? No, you didn't. We hadn't talked in a long time. Well, this man came into the bank, uh, had a gun in his hand. I kept my eye on him. On the gun, mostly. Uh, because it wouldn't be any of my business if he just took some money as long as he didn't take somebody's life. Of course. Well, uh, well, it was just like every stick-up you've ever read about or, or seen in the movies. Uh, the man said, uh, this is a stick-up. And everybody got frightened and simply froze. And the man went to one of the teller's windows handed the teller a note. They all do it the same way. Then what happened? Uh, well, as I said, everybody got frightened and froze. Everybody did except one old lady. This old lady wasn't frightened, and she didn't freeze. She walked straight toward the man with the gun. She said in this loud sort of a voice, Just what do you think you're doing? You've got no right to take other people's money, don't you know? I'm ashamed of you. A ashamed of you. The man with the gun uh, ran out of the bank, and that was that. What about the old lady? Oh, you know, she cashed a check, and then she left. Well, what about the gunshot? Oh. Well, oh, I caught the bullets in my hand. It's really quite easy once you get the hang of it. You've done it often? Oh, sure. Crazy people are always shooting up places or defending themselves against people who never meant them any harm or just showing off. James, yeah. you sound so sort of tired. Well, it's just that there's so much to be done and uh, there's just me to do it. It seems so endless. It just goes on and on and on. Yes. I am tired, Cynthia. Then why don't you stop? Come be with us. I can't. I... Not just yet. I think of the poor, innocent people. And all the animals. Oh, I hope I don't start to cry again. I will soon join you, Cynthia. Only not just yet. I brought some coffee back for you. Oh, thank you, Fred. How, uh, how is he? Oh, he's been very quiet. Oh, oh Dr. Hatch called. He said he'll be here soon at 10, 15 minutes or so. That's good. He moved his hand. Yeah. Just now, he moved his hand. He's doing it again. He, he, he looks as though he's had flies. I thought you said he was quiet. Well, oh, he was. Oh, there he goes again. He's sort of snatching at things. Three times? Don't tell me that's reflex action. Not after all this time. But then what is it? How do I know? It, it must mean something. The man's dead. How can it mean something? Oh, I don't know, but I wish it did. I thought for a minute there he was gonna cry again. No, no, he hasn't cried again, but Oh, Fred. He looks so sad. I I never thought anybody look so sad. I'm worried about you, James. Where are you? Ah, I'm here, Cynthia. Oh, my dear. You sound so tired. That's because I am tired. Tell me what you've been doing. Uh, Well, there was this uh, little old couple from Grand Falls. Uh, They were shopping for a sewing machine. She thought she wanted a sewing machine. Oh, look at that one, Herbert. Where? <laughs> Which one? In the corner of that window. How much? I can't see from here. Come on. Darling, don't push me. But you're pulling me. I am not pulling. <laughs> oh, oh! Uh, oh, what? Oh, look. look there. Oh, it's a window, box. It must have fallen from that window ledge from way up there. Oh, Somebody's leaning out of the window. There's a whole row of window boxes, and this one fell from way up there. Oh, Herbert, it could have landed right on top of us. Still, this suppose, for sure. If you hadn't pulled me, if you hadn't pushed me. When I think what might have happened, if you hadn't pulled me. you mean if you hadn't pushed me. I didn't push. That was an easy one, of course. They're all easy, as a matter of fact, only there's so many of them. I know. Cynthia, I'll never get around to the wars and the famine. I know. It's too much. It's just too much. I know. Still, I have to do what I can. James, please. Uh, there's a man coming out of his house on Birch Street. See him? Carrying a little black bag? Yeah, that's the one. Cynthia looks like a doctor. Gotta get to her. He doesn't see it. See what? See what, James? James, come back! Come back! I've checked everything for the umpteenth time. I'm positive he's dead. (laughs) Imagine... I even did that old-fashioned trick of holding a mirror in front of his mouth to see if it would cloud up. Well, Dr. Hatch will be here soon. Daisy, mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to tell him anything, are we? Well, like like what? Like uh, like all those movements, like the crying. Maybe, maybe we just imagined all that. Oh, you know we didn't imagine it, not any of it. I know. But... It is the sort of thing you have to have seen before you believe it. And Dr. Hatch didn't see it. He wasn't here. Morning. Morning. Sorry to be late, Crawley. That's all right, Dr. Hatch. Uh, uh, oh, uh, doctor, this is this, this is Daisy. Oh, Fred said I could stay here. I-, I saw the accident. Oh, you're the young lady who answered the phone. Oh, that's right. Well, don't worry. I won't upset Fred because he lets you stay here. Thank you, Dr. Hatch. Uh, let's have a look at him. Fetch me my stethoscope, Crowley. Yes, sir. In my black bag. Yes, he's dead, isn't he? He certainly looks dead to me. Oh, say, uh, you know, I damn near didn't make it this morning. Damn, this thing happened. Oh, what was that? Coming out of my house, I slipped on some ice. Now, imagine that. I lost my balance completely. I tried to stop myself every which way, but I couldn't. I thought, great Scott! I'm lucky if I wind up with nothing worse than a concussion. And lucky if I don't kill myself. Then you know what happened? I swear to you, my head was an inch from the sidewall when all of a sudden I righted myself. How did you do that? Darned if I know. I, I, I just did. I must have better muscle coordination than I thought. I swear I felt as though somebody had caught hold of me and put me back on my feet. Well, this one's dead all right. Been dead for almost an hour, I'd say. Yeah, about an hour. Hey, look at him. What is it, Dr. Hatch? Look at the expression on his face. I never saw a cadaver look like that. He's smiling. Big, broad smile. Never saw such a happy-looking corpse in my life. Actually smiling. Cynthia? Right here, James. It's wonderful to see you, Cynthia. After all this time. It's wonderful to see you, James. Is this where we're going to live? This is where we all live. It's beautiful. I knew you'd like it. I do like it. Cynthia, I tried... I really did try. I know you did, James. I helped a few people. Yes, you did. But I couldn't do it all alone. Nobody can. Cynthia, imagine a war where no one got killed. Yes. Imagine a world where nobody starved to death. You're smiling. Come along. They're all waiting for you. I was all ears and took in strains that might create a soul under the ribs of death. So wrote the great poet of the 17th century, John Milton. And with the music of the heavenly voices, James Blake enters the place of everlasting bliss, having given at least a portion of himself to his fellow man. If not in life, then in death. Who knows what happens to us when life has left us? Certainly not I. Why couldn't it be that the soul lingers for a while? As long as no one really knows for sure what the soul does when stripped of its body, why not pretend? Why not imagine that it leaves the body gracefully and a little regretfully, pausing to consider what it is losing before dashing off to see what it is gaining? Our cast included Tony Roberts, Christopher Tabori, Suzanne Grossman, Bryna Rayburn, and Dan Ocko. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Don't let me go there, Barney. To that place. Please. Please, Rachel, don't talk like that. If I let go, bring me back. Oh, Rachel. You're so strong, you can do anything. You can do anything. Rachel. Promise. Promise. You'll bring me back. But, Rachel. Promise. Well, I, I, I... You're different from other people. Barney, you're wonderful. I know, I know there are things you can do. Oh, Barney, promise. Why? Well, I... I promise. And I'll help. I'll try as hard as I can to help. And the two, we... Two together, We, we can do it. We can bring me bring... Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by imported Vina Rosé wine. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams... <laughs> from CBS Radio and Radio 87, WWL here in New Orleans. Our studios located in the historic old French Quarter. Eight minutes after